Hi, everyone. Welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast from the Society of Graduate Students. I'm your host, Vicki Telios. And I'm your co-host, Ariel Frame. Today, our guest is Liz Fryer. Hey, everyone. How you doing, Liz? Great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited, too. We have a very interesting show today. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, we're interviewing Liz Fryer, and she's part of the Masters of Physiotherapy program. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into physiotherapy? Okay. So I did my undergrad at Western in kinesiology, so that's a four-year program. Uh, and then I applied to physiotherapy all across Canada, basically. Um so I got into a few schools, and I chose Western because I did my undergrad here, and I thought it would be a good transition from an undergrad to a graduate program. Um, so far, so good, but yeah, so I've spent a bit of time at Western and finishing up in second year physio right now. Nice. So you're in your second year. So how is the physio program structured? I know this is a really big, packed question, mm-hmm. but in general, what are the things that you have to do to go through physio. So are there special classes you need to take? So tell us a little bit about that. So because that's a great question. Um, I feel like many people don't really know what the structure is of a professional program. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, where to begin? Um, Many people come from different backgrounds uh, into the program. So we have people from marine biology, uh, music background. So a lot of people didn't come from kinesiology. So to get everyone on an equal playing field, we have the first year is very much like a foundations, um, central concepts in physiotherapy. Um, and then we move to more specific applications um, So like stroke rehab, vestibular rehab, uh, cardio, acute care things. So first year is very much lecture, labs, and then a few um, chances to get out into clinics just for like a day or two. And then in second year, it's all placements pretty much. So each placement is six weeks. So you can go... I've been to Sarnia for one of my placements and Kitchener. So you can go um, all across southwestern Ontario. Um, and second year is pretty much all just placements. Nice. So how, which part did you think, did you find the best then? The first year lecture mm. portion or the placements? Mm-hmm. So um, at the end of first year, like in February, you start to get kind of like a senioritis feeling where you're kind of done with, you know, mm-hmm. being in the classroom because our classes were pretty much 8.30 to 4.30 every day, Monday through Friday. So it's quite a heavy workload. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're learning all these things about how to, you know, facilitate uh, patients and how to interact with people, but you're not really interacting with those patients. So you're kind of itching to get out into into clinical practice. Um, So first year is good, but you kind of reach that threshold. And then now that we're in second year, we're all much more happy to be out there practicing what we've learned. That, uh, that's cool that you're mm-hmm. finally getting to see people yeah, and, you know, like, yeah. put in put in practice exactly. what you learn and all that yeah. that grueling eight thirty to yeah. the whole day of yeah. classes right. Um, yeah. uh, I think I think that's really uh, that's really intriguing that mm-hmm. you can come from such I don't know disparate fields like marine mm-hmm. biology and then go into mm-hmm. physiotherapy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, begs the question. I mean, what are what are you learning in physiotherapy that I mean I get I presume it sounds like you, when you said you came from a kinesiology background mm-hmm. that benefited you or you mm-hmm. had some knowledge prior i'm not mm-hmm. you know i'm not actually that familiar with what it what physiotherapy is and, and right. what are you learning so what is it yeah. that you're learning and 
Yeah. How come you can come with any background? Well, yeah. So my parents uh, definitely asked me that today, too. They're like, are you becoming a gym teacher, a masseuse? Are you a chiropractor? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, so I definitely think it's a common thing for people to be confused about what physiotherapy is. Um, so we do a lot of anatomy, physiology, um, uh, neuroscience, neuroanatomy, um, different things like that. So it's not just MSK, like I hurt my knee, I'm going to go see a physio. We do a ton of um, different things, women's health, as well as my first placement was in the ICU. And many people are like, how, like, what would you do in the ICU as a physiotherapist? But there is actually so much potential um, ICU for growth. being the intensive care yeah. unit where people are in dire Dying. need of care like yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool to see how that works and just people being really, really sick and what that does to their body. Um, so it was neat to, to, like a ton of my friends, that was my first placement. So a ton of people would say, yeah, like I got a patient up walking today. Like it was super cool. And it was like week three. And I'm like, I haven't walked a single person in the ICU yet. Um, but because they're so sick, they have so much to gain. Um, and like if you're a healthy individual and you're laying in bed for 80 days, you're going to be so de like deconditioned and then add in sepsis, add in cancer, add in organ failure onto that. It's such a huge um, detriment. So is that part of the standard care now, I guess, to include physiotherapy as part of um, the whole the rehabilitation process in, um, in the ICU or in various hospital settings? Mm -hmm. So there's a really big push for um, early mobilization in the ICU with regards to ICU acquired weakness. So they've seen a trend in the last five years. I would say the research is catching up to best practice guidelines, um, but they're seeing that any patient, no matter what their diagnosis is or prognosis is, as um, if they're able to get up and walk uh, sooner or up at the edge of the bed sooner, the better outcomes they have in the long term. Um, so one of my professors actually does work with um, ICU acquired weakness and how physiotherapy can play a role in that because really doctors aren't getting patients up walking. Nurses are preoccupied with medication administration and other things. So physiotherapists are really well suited for that um, early mobilization role. So uh, how is how is physiotherapy seen from the perspective of, I guess, insurers and governments that are paying for, for right. care? Right. Uh, not only in Canada, where we're lucky to have mm -hmm. it provided, presumably for free if you're in the ICU and they're providing you something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how, how generally speaking, is it seen in the world and in Canada as something that's necessary now mm -hmm. that you should be provided if you're mm -hmm. getting health care? Or is it an added benefit, cherry on top sort of thing? Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's undervalued in many um, situations. So in hospitals, for instance, um, physiotherapy falls under allied health. So that's occupational therapy, physiotherapy, speech path, dietitians. And usually from what I've seen from my placements in our classes is that allied health is usually the first thing that gets cut from a hospital. So they're not going to cut... Um, usually they cut those first because they're most dispensable. Um, and then after that, they would cut other professions. But unfortunately, physiotherapy is one that often goes first. And usually from what I've seen um, from placements, it's because 
the people who are making the decisions for the cuts and the budgets, they don't know what physiotherapy is. So there are managers that come from HR backgrounds or business administration backgrounds. They're deciding the budget. And the easiest thing to do is to just cut what, um, like physiotherapy, because it's the most um, unknown sort of cost to the hospital. So usually it's the first one to go normally. And that's due to misconception as to what it is. So in general, if we're looking at regular hospital practice, um, is physiotherapy included in the cost? So we're lucky enough in Ontario, you Mm -hmm. know, to have most of our hospital costs covered by the government. Mm -hmm. Is that extra physiotherapy covered as well? Or Mm -hmm. is that something extra that the patient needs to provide later on? Um, So if you're in the hospital um, and there's a doctor order for physiotherapy, then you're covered, you're fine. Um, It's more so once you're discharged, if you do get uh, coverage. So oftentimes people, after you have a hip replacement or a knee replacement, you still need physiotherapy to, you know, regain your function if you're able to go up and down stairs, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So oftentimes... There is coverage, but it can be quite limited with services available. Um, So people usually supplement with privately paid out-of-pocket physiotherapy funding for services. All right. You you got a good perspective not only on, you know, the material. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. What is the theory? (laughs) What in theory should I do? uh, And what in practice should I do? But also... Like, you know, how does this fit in a system in the whole system mm-hmm. of healthcare in general? Mm-hmm. And you seem to learn a good amount about that. You know, we mm-hmm. ask you these questions and those are tough, but you seem to have a good grasp. Uh, so you've done your research. Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so my question is, uh, as part of your program, what aspect of it is research? So that's a great question. I know many students um, on this podcast before are usually thesis master students. Um So uh, physiotherapy is kind of a hybrid because we do have the class time, the placement uh, time as well. And then we also have this little thing in the background on the back of our minds all the time is our research project. Um, So in second year, you're introduced to the idea of conducting your own research project with either a group of three to five students. I'm in a group of five. And... um, you are paired up with a professor, a faculty, and you do some research. And that can be a headache, love-hate relationship, but it gives us a chance to get our feet wet with research because uh, we really do strive to have evidence-based or evidence-informed practice. And it's cool to see where that research comes from and being part of that. Nice. So what is your the theme of your research project then with your group of five? Yeah, so our group of five uh, just got ethics approval, so we're all super pumped about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but ours is a Delphi study. So we're doing a Delphi study looking at the best practices for vestibular rehab in the pediatric concussion population. I feel like people don't know what a Delphi study is, yeah, <laughs> to be lot, honest. A lot to break down there. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we start with Delphi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Delphi... Um, I think it actually came from the city of Delphi. I'm not too sure. Going to have to Hmm. fact check that one. Um, But it's pretty neat. So it's more of a qualitative study. um, And that's really good for more grounded theory things and things that are coming from the bottom up. Um, So there's three rounds. The first round, you send out open-ended questions to a panel of experts. In our case, the experts are physiotherapists who practice in this area. 
And our panel is hoping to be 20 to 30 physiotherapists who practice vestibular rehab in uh, pediatric populations after they have concussions. And then um, after the first round, we get a set of results. Based on those results, we send out another questionnaire that refines down what their practices are. So if they're using certain outcome measures um, or if they see specific signs and symptoms a lot or if they include other imaging or um, different rehab techniques. And then we see if there's a consensus among the group as to what particular um, themes that they use in their rehab. And then we report on it. It sounds it sounds to me uh, like you're beginning this sort of I guess maybe what a Delphi is is like a screen. You screen a group mm-hmm. of whoever in this case professional mm-hmm. physiotherapists um, and try to work out from what you in the screen in general mm-hmm. what to what to move a forward on exactly so uh in particular for this one it's you said something about vestibular yeah uh, but i don't know what vestibular is i know pediatric that sounds Mm -hmm. like children yeah (laughs) uh, but the vestibular part yeah uh, again not really familiar (laughs) so uh that's cool they do the screen about something vestibular what what is vestibular so vestibular is um our body system to know where we are in space as well um, how we can balance and move within our space. So oftentimes the system that is mostly uh, located in our ears um, through different canals and different bones and how they articulate with one another um, to give us feedback as to where we are. And then we can have motor programs to maintain correct positioning in relation to our context. Um, that was kind of a long-winded definition, but there you have it. Um, And usually this system is heavily compromised in concussion. Um, So sport-related concussion, motor vehicle accident concussions, and uh, physiotherapy can really work towards rebuilding that system. Wait, but uh, pediatrics, are kids, are these babies with concussions? No. I, I know. That's kind of a... Do they that's, get them? Yeah, I don't... Well, we're going to see what kind of population we get with mm-hmm. our uh, with our study, but we're thinking motor vehicle accidents or um, our cutoff for pediatric is a little bit more liberal, so we're, we're kind of approaching adolescent area, so it can be sport-related, soccer balls, headers, things like that. I guess now, that I, now that I think about it, you know, I never, I never got like a... A, a, a family doctor, a new family doctor for a long time. So I think I was seeing my pediatrician until I was like 21. <laughs> you might want to get that checked out. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I don't have a family doctor now. So I right. just go whenever I need to like walk in or something. Or you can see yeah. a physiotherapist. Or can... Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit. Can you guys prescribe? We can prescribe. Well, it depends what we're prescribing drugs. No, we can't. Okay. But um, we can make recommendations and um, okay. order imaging, things like that. Nice. Yeah. So you're looking specifically at vestibular rehab yeah. in children, I guess. Mm-hmm. So do you know what your other classmates are doing? I'm sure there's a whole variety of different research mm-hmm. that's in physiotherapy that I can't even begin to think about. So <laughs> do you have any, yeah, do you know what's going yeah. on in everyone else's lives, I guess, in terms of research? Well, that's the thing about this research project. It is kind of under the table, like we're all doing class and placement. And then mm-hmm. on the, the third thing that we're all kind of doing is our research projects. But um, I'm involved in another research project as a participant. So I'm trying to strengthen my deep neck flexors. Um, so the muscles that hold up your head and um, I'm trying to strengthen them by moving my head in a circular uh, rotation with a weight on the end of the helmet. 
it's a lot harder than it seems. Um, I but... really wish we could have like a visual <laughs> here know, for this podcast, but that seems like something whipping your that... hair back and forth. Essentially, kind of. essentially. <laughs> so um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that so far? Are your neck muscles especially strengthened? I honestly, I I did feel I felt DOMS, so delayed okay. onset muscle soreness, uh, the right. first few times that I did it, and then after a while, I I feel a little bit stronger. But head's um, not as heavy then. No, yeah, it's my my neck is holding up my head quite well. Nice. So. Checking for those uh, neck muscle gains. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Doing Gotta a measurement. <laughs> the girth of the neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no double chin here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's can awesome. You, can you like? Yeah, I guess. Can you work out? I guess. You when can. You, when you work out those muscles there, yeah. like, can you tighten? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, you're certain, laughing. Yeah, at, I yeah feel, you can. I feel like you you're know totally people go can. and like I gotta work on my abs and like get that like tightened up or something. Like, can mm. you tighten up the face? Yeah, like, man. You... Yeah, you can. So you can. Um, a lot of times, people after they are in a car accident, they have whiplash. Mm. So that definitely strains your neck muscles, and. Um, Oftentimes, this is taught either laying down and you literally get people to like lift their head off the edge of a bed and hold their head because your head is quite heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a perfect weight. And then you try to sustain that uh, different positions and it's quite tough. You can all try it at home. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's not too bad. So it seems like your life is pretty busy. You've got classes, you've got placement, you have research. So do you have a life outside of PT? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> totally do. Um, yeah. So um, in physio, it's really cool because everyone sort of has a hobby or a little interest that they got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few people in my class go rock climbing. I'm not that talented, so I don't. I did it like a few times and couldn't feel my arms after. But I'm really into running and swimming and being active. We also... Um, have a few like potlucky things we all get together and make some food um so nothing too crazy but definitely kind of the athletic side of things for sure on the running that you mentioned mm-hmm. i heard that you ran a marathon in the past <sighs> uh week or so 30 kilometers not a full uh, that's all al- that's almost a marathon to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think in the past two weeks i've probably walked 30 kilometers yeah right <laughs> and yeah see yeah i don't i don't know you've got <laughs> like a full cool. like 28 kilometers on all of us right now so. <laughs> yeah uh, like a lot of people in our class are really active so they definitely drink the physiotherapy kool-aid um i was just gonna ask that actually you yeah. know I, I get the feeling that when someone works even if it's not physiotherapy let's say you're doing research in kinesiology department i talk mm-hmm. to those people and it's like if you're working in a field that has some sort of implication for health in a particular manner, yeah. you take it to heart. So yeah. everyone who works in it, they're all like, oh, no, I have to be active. Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. And all their it bleeds into their personal life. Mm-hmm. So their, everything well, they do personally is like I running and athletic. Yeah. So, I mean, are, do you even know anyone in the physiotherapy program That's that as not. a hobby doesn't do athletics? Well, I think right? we all, yeah. yeah, honestly, I think we all find it kind of like, weird if you're prescribing exercises to a patient and you yourself are not being active like that's not really fair to be like hey you're not doing your exercises but like you're a couch potato um so i don't know especially like knowing the benefits of exercise and just being able to move not really exercise itself but like finding an activity that you like and stress relieving and all the benefits from that um yeah, people definitely drink the Kool-Aid in my class. So I guess, yeah, you're sort of practicing what you're preaching then, mm-hmm. I guess, because 
Otherwise, how can you learn about these things, see how so many external factors, all these things can do to your body? Mm-hmm. I guess you have to maintain that as well. You get more of an insight as to what can go wrong versus the general population, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because in class we're taught, you know, these five set of exercises will help with like, um, like rotator cuff problems or you know, you tore your ACL, do these like quad exercises and butt exercises. Um, But when you get into a clinic, you realize that, you know, people have a life, like they have kids, they have a job, they have all these other time occupying things. And, you know, you can't expect someone to like take an hour of their time if they can't. So kind of tailoring it to um, their life and what their interests are. Like you can't give someone weight training if, you know, they're really into yoga or they're into swimming so you kind of have to find what works for them and run with it literally run (laughs) (laughs) so yeah okay so yeah i mean i one distinction that in but from your program and other research programs Mm -hmm. i mean you work directly with people that Mm -hmm. actually need need help yeah Yeah. (laughs) in the circumstances where they need help it's not necessarily in a research capacity yeah like here this is my health that we're dealing with right now and yeah. you're here learning but you're also like providing people with health yeah. healthcare. so i can see how in that in that case you definitely want to like be practicing what you preach yeah. <laughs> whereas you know if we're working with like mice yeah and, uh, i found a disease where i know there's certain risk factors mm-hmm. uh maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe running would be beneficial for that disease that i'm working on but mm-hmm. i'm not worried the mice are judging me I'm, yeah. like, I'm telling them to run, but I'm I really not hope running. they're not judging me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it's a little bit different, I guess, yeah. when you're working with patients. Yeah, like basic science versus clinical science is really interesting to me. And I, I don't know, I definitely think that there is a clash between the two worlds, but I think when they both work together, it can be a really great thing for sure. I mean, is there physiotherapy research on animals? Well, like... Ben is doing the, like, ALS, and that's, like, a similar thing with, like, the strength of mice. Like, that can kind of be extrapolated to the strength of humans, maybe. I guess, but they, they, I I don't know that they actually do physiotherapy on the mice. They just... Oh, I see what you mean. Well, I've seen some other, like, behavioral studies. Like, there's some where they put the mice on the little, like, treadmills, the wheels, and they just have them exercise, and they call that like an enriched environment where they can do more. And they they'll have like mm-hmm. sedentary mice versus like for diabetes research. Diabetes research. It could be too. yeah with I that or so. and even that counts as yeah physical therapy. But I'm imagining like specific Actual. movements. Like you, right? you mentioned, like you know how would, I'm imagining how do I put a mouse on a bed and force it to do lifts? So <laughs> it works out its neck flexes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could I, do that. You can't really target a muscle. See, really but like on they the do things mouse. with horses and stuff, like horses really? in water, hydrotherapy. It's really cool. What? Not me personally, but like. So what do they look at? I don't. I don't know in, in terms of research per mm-hmm. se, but like they do have animal physiotherapy. Actually, a girl in my class like won a scholarship for um, looking at dog therapy and like doing physiotherapy on a dog. Wow. Um, which makes sense. Like they're doing ACL reconstructions on dogs, so having I guess physiotherapy. You have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. I, I imagine uh, the first thing, if we were going to treat an animal, would probably be something like dogs, because you know, mm-hmm. people are willing to pay for their pets too. So yeah, like, there's a lot of treatments child. for your dogs out there too. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You know, mm-hmm. if you're wondering after your, uh, we're gonna ask you know, 
what do you want to do after you're done? You're oh, almost at the end here. Know. I know that's a daunting yeah. question, but uh, maybe if there's a market for it, dog, dog mm-hmm. has a therapy. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It's really niche. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, there's many different avenues you can take with physio. So I don't I don't know. For me personally, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like working in a hospital is cool. Working in a clinic is really cool. So there's many different routes that you can take. Seems it. like your options are open then, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yes. You have narrowed down maybe where you want to go because I feel like physiotherapy might be a good one if you want to. You can go anywhere. I feel yeah. Like there's not really a Definitely. limit. Yeah. In the yeah. world. No. So we write the a Canadian um, national exam, um, and then with that you can go anywhere in Canada. You just mm-hmm. have to join the provincial association, um, and then yeah, you can practice anywhere really, but. I'm kind of interested in women's health. Women's health is really cool and what happens to the body after you get pregnant and how physiotherapy can help regain some function and normalcy with the changes that go on with um, pregnancy and delivery. Um, And that's usually done in a clinic, not really in a hospital. So, yeah. That sounds really Aerial cool. space right now about pregnancy is like, what? <laughs> it's an often yeah. overlooked subject, it you is. know? Yeah. I'm, yeah, for the record, I'm not surprised about that. <laughs> My face uh, is not yeah. indicating that I'm baffled by the fact that pregnancy is really hard on women and they struggle. <laughs> that's not baffling to me. I appreciate that that's a tough thing for women to go Thank through. Thank you, Ariel. Um, so yeah. you, in your current uh, placements, have you had now exposure to women's... So we have in second year, we have an elective period. So I took pediatrics as one of my electives and and women's health. So women's health, we got to job shadow a clinic in London and it was super cool. Like they had like incense going on and like very anthropology vibes in in the the clinic. So very serene. And then um, a woman came in um, before pregnancy or after pregnancy. And it was really neat to see results right away and they were just so grateful that someone could help them like their doctors like didn't really know how to help them in particular with like low back pain when they were pregnant um so they were so grateful that physiotherapy could um help them regain their function and still live their day and and work so that was really neat wow i can imagine it's really satisfying to see the outcome of Mm -hmm. your work and actual like yeah benefit you know uh very often in basic science you do Mm -hmm. work and months and months end and you feel like what did I get out of that like yeah (laughs) there's nothing there definitely so uh yeah we're just coming to the to the end of the show so Mm -hmm. one of the last things we like Mm -hmm. to ask everyone is if people are super interested in your work and they want to get a hold of you and find out more about you know your program or what you're doing or what's next or Mm -hmm. maybe they want to hire you (laughs) I mean I'd be down (laughs) there you go so how could they get a hold of you if they wanted to so you can toss me an email at efriar3 at uwo.ca or instagram is always cool too so elizabeth fryer how do you spell fryer f-r-y-e-r like a frying pan fryer um but oftentimes people ask me like how to get into the program and things like that so if you ever want to know let me know so this has been really great thank you again to liz fryer in the pt program for coming to talk to us today and ariel frame and as well as myself vicky Telios. um we have been uh broadcasting this from as part of the society of graduate students um we air our show at 6 p.m on radio western on tuesdays You can find our podcasts online at gradcast.ca or any other place you can get your podcasts like iTunes or podcast app on your iPhone. 
you can get in contact with us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can send us any requests, whether you want to come onto a podcast or recruitment or anything like that. Again, this has been the production from the Society of Graduate Students, and thank you again for listening. The Gradcast theme tune has been composed for us by Matthew Becker.